Battleborn Phantom. Turn your back, you're a broken man. They come around and just die in the shade of your head. Don't expect you to understand. Just keep telling yourself there's no shame. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, joined by my co-host, Mitchell Weatherall. Mitch, it's been a while since we last recorded. How are you doing, bud? I'm good, bro. How are you? Uh, not bad. Same old, same old. Uh, battling some allergies right now as we're ongoing allergy season. So, uh, you know, it's a little tough, uh, but I'm excited to record today because today's episode is going to be an interesting one as uh, we have a name to talk about that could be a potential fit here in Leafland. Yeah, I'm excited too. He's uh, yeah, yeah. I know you told me about him prior. He's definitely a guy worthwhile to take a look at and talk about because yeah, anything can happen. And it's just he he stood. Out, he's a player I watch a lot, and he stands out to me. He's a young gun, and he has a lot of potential under his belt. So it's definitely a guy worthwhile to take a look at and uh, talk about him. All right, let's get started. So. The guy me and Mitch have been talking about is John Marino of the Pittsburgh Penguins, 25-year-old right-handed defenseman. The reason why me and Mitch are going to be talking about him on today's episode is because Frank Sorovalli, um with Daily Faceoff, their head reporter, came out with his first major article after the regular season has concluded about his, I think it was like top 20 trade pieces of the offseason, and John Marino was a name in that article. Obviously, John Reno hasn't had the success that the Pittsburgh Penguins were hoping for since signing his $4.4 million contract over six years. But, you know, he's still young. He plays the right side. That's obviously something that many NHL teams covet, a right-hand defenseman that's, you know, young and got some terms. So his trade value is probably, you know, in that mid-pack. He's definitely not going to be cheap uh, in terms of making a trade. But, Mitch, let's just start off with John Marino here. You know, this season he played in 81 games, so, you know, this was his first full season in the NHL in terms of games. Uh, He just missed one game, that's it, in the regular season. He had one goal and 24 assists for 25 points. Now, the 25 points isn't too bad for an NHL defenseman who played more of a shutdown role with his defensive partner, Marcus Pedersen. But, you know, John Marino's a guy that I think the Pittsburgh Penguins were kind of hoping that can chip in on offense and kind of be that backup piece behind Christopher Latang. So, you know, when we get to this era now where we are in, where we don't know if Latang will be back, Marino could have kind of taken that slot from Chris Latang and make the transition smooth for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But so far, his offensive numbers have really stalled out. And he only had one point this season above his career high. And he in his rookie season, he had 24 points in 56 games. But this year, he had 25 points in 81 games. So, is that something you're worried about? Give me your rundown on John Marino. Yeah, his def- his numbers definitely decreased since his rookie season, which like is is a bit of a letdown because like we all saw watching him in his rookie season that he looked like he's poised for potential, and then uh, Rutherford at the time, I believe, gave him that big contract, the the four by six. So, I mean, he secured his deal, but again, that's all players once they they're they're all they're all they proof them for their contract years, and then once they're once they get that deal, their money, they uh, their numbers uh, fall off a bit. 
but again, like it's it's he's like what twenty three, twenty four. It's he, he's got a ton to prove. Like he's not he's not come to the end of his his career yet. So he, he has a ton ton to prove within this contract. He's got another four years on it. So he's got a lot to prove. And worthwhile, yeah, I'm not surprised if he's trade bait because he's he's a young right handed defenseman, and that's definitely a big fetch around the league that teams need. I know. Like the numbers obviously drop because, like you said earlier, his his role has shifted to more of a defensive uh, role. But I don't view him as a defensive defenseman. I view him as an offensive defenseman. And what I think the Leafs are missing is that offensive defenseman presence. They do get a bit of it out of Riley, but I don't see enough out of it of, of Riley. And I know he's capable of more. But if the Leafs can find two offensive defensemen, uh, one for one for both power plays, that'd be amazing. Because I'd easily side a uh, Marino on their second line power play easily. He's just to balance it out a bit because you can't have you can't roll with one offensive defenseman. I just don't think it works. You have to have a balanced defense core. You gotta have at least your two shutdown guys and then your at least a couple offensive defensemen. And you look at the Leafs and what five out of six of their uh, deer uh, left-handed shots. Correct me if I'm wrong though, but I think they need desperately need a right-handed shot. And this guy to me is the guy they gotta look at because he's young, mobile, and he has a lot to prove. And yeah, the numbers like with the Penguins, yeah, they they've shifted a bit, but that's that's because his roles changed. And if the Leafs and if Keith's able to adapt this guy to an offensive presence alongside Riley, then uh, his numbers will skyrocket because the Leafs have like he's got a lot around to work with. Like he's got the best goal scorer in the league. Marner, Nylander, so he's he's got a lot of players to work with. Like he, it's not like he'll be uh, it'll be a big upgrade for him offensively too. Like I know, like we got the Penguins' course slowing down. He's still got a lot there, like with offensive power. But uh, if he's he's going to gain even more if, if he goes to Toronto too. So it's it'd be it'd be an interesting take. But I definitely think his his numbers will for sure skyrocket playing there for sure. You, like, you pair him alongside Riley, and oh man, what a defensive pairing that will be, and then you slide him along that uh, second-line power play. It just, it'd be a balanced look, I'd view it, if they trade him, but again, this is gonna, this will force, like, uh, it'll be a hefty deal. They're gonna have to give up some draft picks, I think. Definitely a player will be thrown in the deal, I don't know who, but it's something worthwhile to look at, because I think that's a missing piece for the Leafs as a right-handed defenseman, and you've said it all these years, like, that's, they, they've got all they need, but that's one of the holes that needs to be filled. Again, like, it's, I just see that, like, it's just relied upon with Riley too much, but if you can have that second guy uh, paired up with him, then it's going to pair, it's going to work out well, I think. So they have two offensive defensemen, then it, it worked out. Like, I don't, I just don't view Marino as a defensive defenseman. I view him. I, like, definitely with his rookie numbers, I knew, okay, this guy's going to be an offensive defenseman, sure, but it, it's unfortunate how, uh, like, coaching and management can screw things up and shift this guy's role. I know, like, that's, I know that's based off team, team aspect and strategy, but you need to understand what, like, you got to understand the type of player this guy is, and just, like, it, watching him on, like, TV and games and all that, you, you see he's an offensive defenseman, but I don't understand why uh, co- coaching, you're viewing him and shifting him as a defensive defenseman, because it totally screws things up. I get it with, like, game plans and stuff, but you just want to you, you want to shift him to an offensive role, 
And all I can think of is if he's playing alongside all these superstars in Toronto, then his like like I can all like I, he he can feed he'll feed them all day on power plays and just stuff like that. So his numbers will definitely skyrocket in Toronto. They'll they'll change his type of game and stuff like that. So that's what I think if he goes to Toronto and you know the type of player he is, which is which is like offensive build. Yeah, you know, one thing about John Marino that I'm going to say about his game is he's really good at reading play. You know, he's got a good first pass. That leads to, you know, his 24 assists compared to his goal ratio. But I think he kind of has the same problem as Morgan Riley sometimes. Morgan Riley, I think, is, you know, a tremendous player. I think he has so much offensive abilities that makes him in, you know, in that elite category uh, at the top of the league with some of the best. But Sometimes Morgan Riley just holds on to the puck too much. He overthinks the shot, and that's one thing I have to criticize Morgan about. There's tons of times where the Leafs had a power play this season where he would just hold on for it for way too long and you know, kind of lose the opportunity. I think if Morgan Riley could shoot a little more, uh, we could see him hit 20 goals again, and we know that's something he's done in the past. So Morgan Riley's a guy I'm just really hoping can you know fire the puck more in net because uh, if we could get some more goal production out of him, I think that will – make this Leafs team just so much more dangerous. But in terms of John Marino, you know, John Marino, I always rooted for the guy. Uh, we heard his story um, when he went to the Penguins after that trade from the Oilers. The Oilers picked him in the sixth round. Uh, he had a late start to the NHL. His uh, career development took a while. Um, you know, then was traded for uh, the Penguins training camp. Killed it in the Pens camp. You know, he was hitting everything. He was a high-flying uh, offensive right-handed defenseman, as you said. Uh, you know, just looked like he was really going to be a nice piece long-term. I think that's why he got that 4x4 four by, uh, four by four over six years um, because, you know, this looked like a guy that was going to eventually take the reins of Chris Letang. But somewhere down the line here, he's kind of regressed. One thing about him, you know, I've watched him play a ton. I think John Marino's kind of played it safe a lot of times. You know, there's been times where he's really played poor hockey and, uh, you know, a lot of that's because of, you know, some pinches that he's done in the offensive zone or kind of get lost up there on the attack. So I think, you know, that's something to look at. I think he played a more sheltered role this year with the Penguins. I just think for a guy his age, at 25 years old, who's under contract, we're not going to have to worry about free agency, making 4.4 mil on the cap hit for, I think, until 2026. Yeah, yeah, until 2026-27 season. This is a guy that I think the Leafs should inquire on. And I'm not saying go out and trade for whatever the asking price is because I think a young right-handed defenseman, like you said, is a very hot commodity in this league. And, you know, the Leafs do have the players, the young prospects in the pipeline to make this trade worth it for both sides. But you have to trade for John Marino now because going into next season, he's going to have a no-movement clause. Um, sorry, after next season. So in the year of 2024-25, his no-movement clause will kick in. It's only eight teams, though. So that's something also to monitor. If you want to move uh, Marino, I think the Penguins have to do it now. But I just think the fit's there. And Maybe he's not. He played 20 minutes a night on average with the Penguins this season. He had 73 hits, 88 blocks, uh, 23 penalty minutes. But this is a guy that, you know, maybe he's not going to play that top pairing role of Morgan Riley, but he's certainly a top four defenseman right now. And you could slide him up on that second pairing with a Jake Muzzin, potentially uh, a Mark Giordano, maybe even Sandine. I think him and Sandine would kill him. I think the Leafs would have a super, 
amazing young pairing in Rasmus Sandin and John Marino, given their two playing styles, uh, that, you know, they would just really mix with each other. And that would be a pairing that you can have long term. Now, to insert Marino's cap hit into this Leafs team right now, you'd probably have to make a significant move. Uh, we'd probably look at Jake Muzzin. I think that's the obvious target with his cap hit. Jake Muzzin is a very tough, uh, you know, player to trade right now on this roster, given his age and uh, injury past this season and also his no-movement clause. And I think it was only L.A. that he said he'd be willing to go to. So if you do make a trade to send him back to the L.A. Kings, then that's a totally different story. You can insert John Marino. But the tough part is you look at the Penguins, right? And the Penguins are, you know, a big factor in this trade. John Marino's 25. The Penguins look like a team that are trying to, I guess, re-strengthen. I don't think they're going to rebuild, but re-strengthen the youth. Uh, we know Malkin and Chris Letang are free agents, so they're going to have some cap space, and they'd probably be interested in taking on a significant player for John Marino. And I'm sure there's teams around the league that also have interest in Marino because think about how many teams are able to fit in a right-handy that's 25 years old that has tremendous offensive potential and that had you know a really good playoff series against the New York Rangers. He had the one mistake in Game 7, but other than that, John Marino had a really nice playoff series with the Penguins. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, he's not uh, really a point getter in the postseason. He's only got two points in 17 games, but he's not a guy that, you know, really costs your team. He plays low event hockey, and that's what you want in the playoffs. So this is a guy that I think would fit well nicely here. But, you know, like I said, going back to the Penguins, you've got to look at the Penguin structure right now. And if they move on from Evgeny Malkin, which, you know, looks more likely than not right now, according to reports, uh is a guy like William Nylander a potential fit here? You know, I've thought about that. Obviously, the Penguins would then have to throw in a pick or another player uh, as well with Marino. I'm not saying Marino for Nylander one for one, but that's kind of a trade where, you know, it might help the Leafs now um, if they could get some other pieces along with it. Because think about it, you move out Nylander, right, and his cap hit, you get about, what is that, $2.5 million? in extra space as well. Now you have a young right-handed defenseman. You can use that money to go out and spend on another addition of a weapon, but you also have prospects in the pipeline. Losing William Nylander is not the end of the world. I love Willie Styles. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's a 100-point player. You don't trade these players. I'm just saying, looking at the Penguins, I would think that, you know, William Nylander is a potential player that could be looked at here from Pittsburgh's perspective because they do have his brother, right? Alex Nylander, we know they're very close um they're together right now actually you know they spend always time together in the off season is that a guy that the penguins ask for what do you think uh yeah i'll definitely look into him i uh yes if malka leaves i would definitely look into him but uh he's yeah Nylander's a tricky one here because like like you said you don't want to trade your stars but if it's gonna fill the hole and be good for the future then you have to but I want, like, they're going to have to ask for a bit more. Like, that, I think on, from the Penguins' side, like, they're going to at least have to throw on a couple picks along with them. Like, it'll be a, it'll be a blockbuster deal. Like, I can't see it being, like, one-for-one one slot, slot. But if the Leafs end up doing this, and it's a good thing. Like, again, they'll, they'll have the additional space, which they, they can, again, sign a depth, a depth player, which I think they need, too. That I've uh, seen on that I've said on previous episodes, like a like a Nick Paul type player, a guy who will come up clutch when it matters. So uh, yeah, I definitely it's definitely worthwhile looking at for sure. But uh, it like 
it's it, it will work out for both sides. That's like how good it will be. But yeah, I would definitely, if I were the Penguins, I would look into trading Nylander or trading for Nylander if uh, Marino's involved for the deal. So that's what I think about it. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying trade Marino for Nylander one for one. That'd be ludicrous. Like I said, I think Nylander's a guy that can hit 100 points eventually. I think he's got top 10 raw skill in the NHL. And from the least perspective, I would not do that. But, you know, John Marino... I think a lot of people, you know, they talk about him in trade rumors. You know, there's a lot of articles about him. Uh, you know, Marino's a guy that I think has significant trade value. I think a young right-handed defenseman that's got lots of term to his deal on a reasonable cap hit. I think the 4.4 is reasonable, uh, especially for a guy that, you know, could potentially get 40 points next season, 50 points. This is a guy that, like I said, he has a great first pass. He has good instincts. There's just times where he overcommits and it backfires. And this season, I think he played it really safe. And, you know, the Penguins are, a, you know, an older team. Uh, they're, you know, very well uh, organized. Like, their team is superior in terms of leadership. They got tons of, uh, you know, future Hall of Famers. So maybe Marino kind of felt that intimidation factor, uh, you know, because if you have City Crosby on your team, you're going to want to win the cup and, you know, you're going to do everything for that guy because you see how hard he works even at his age. But I think if John Marino comes here to Toronto, he sees that it's more a younger environment. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be more interested to take those risks. And I think when you take risks, you find the best results. And I know that's, you know, an uncommon answer, but I want guys that are high achievers. I want guys that have a high ceiling. Um, I don't want guys that play it safe because, yes, is it going to backfire sometimes? Yes, sometimes more than positives, but, you know, you got to take the risks. And I think that's what we saw here with, you know, Mitch Marner for so long, right? Mitch Marner will get you four points a night, and sometimes he'll struggle in certain games and all this stuff. But I want high-ceiling players because I think that's what makes your team the best. And I think that's what the Tampa Bay Lightning did before they started this dynasty here, as now they're in the Stanley Cup final and taking on the Colorado Avalanche. So, John Marino is a guy that, you know, I think the Leafs should definitely look into, at least do their due diligence. And that's all I got to ask for because you could slot him anywhere in your D pairing here. He could play with literally anybody on the left side you have here. And he could play an offensive role, a shutdown role, and he's right-handed. How many times do we see the Leafs and rumors connected to right-handed defensemen? This guy's also young. He looks like he could be a part of the window long-term. And for 4.4, you're saving money from the Jake Muzzin deal if you can move him out as well. I just think there's too much good here for the Leafs not to at least ask, uh, you know, Ron Hextall about what he's looking for for a player like John Marino, right? Yeah, it's definitely something to check in upon. Like, I wouldn't give a ridiculous amount to him, but I would, uh, I would definitely check in on him. My only problem with the Marino situation is if Latang leaves, then I, I think they'll hold on to him because of, like, who's going to fill that slot if uh, if Latang leaves? So we don't know the status of his future. So, like, I could see Hextall holding off for now and seeing what happens with Latang first. But uh, it's he's definitely, like, if, like, Latang gets locked up in Pittsburgh, it's definitely, I would definitely ask about him, like, what's going on here with Marino. So, yeah, I'd definitely take a look at him for sure. He, I noticed, yeah, he has made some silly, silly mistakes with the Penguins, like, like you said, uh, pinches, bad pinches, terrible passes. But again, he's young; he's still got stuff to prove, and uh, he's it's it's his window of opportunity is very long. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy to uh, look into for sure. 
But again, like you said, like him having that those two guys, like having him and Riley, uh, like making those stretch patches that generates these three on twos, these two on ones, stuff like that. That's what the Leafs need because they got the offensive firepower to generate chances. So the tap, like good, good puck moving defenseman is really crucial in this league. So it's that's really important from an offensive defensive perspective that you that that he's worthwhile. He can do that. He's they're both there. They both are. They're both capable of doing that. So. He's definitely a guy touch touch upon and uh, check on that and see what the asking price is for sure. So it's definitely it's a hole to fill for them, but it's even not just Marino, like guys, other other right-handed defensemen too that they can check upon that are young. So it's a hole they gotta fill and they gotta they gotta be able to do that for the benefit them long term. So that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, I also think with John Marino, when you're trading for a player like this, you're trading for what I expect to be his best seasons. You know, this is a guy that's 25 years old. You're going to get him from probably 26 to 30. I think that's when you're going to see him at his best. I think this is also a player that's going to grow. I think he's going to get stronger. And once he gets that more physical sandpaper edge to his already finesse offensive game, this guy could be a real talent. He could be, you know, a premier top uh, pairing guy that you see around the league that, you know, looking back in a couple years from now, we'd probably say, why didn't the Leafs smash this trade in? You know, I brought up Nylander because his brother's over there in Pittsburgh, and, you know, if the Penguins are going to be missing about $10.5 million off of Yenny Malkin's contract, I'm sure they'd be interested in a guy like Willie Nylander if he's available. But, you know, I'm not doing that one-for-one, one, no chance. Uh, but the Penguins do have, you know, some picks that they could maybe work with. Uh, but there's also another guy that, you know, the Penguins have on their roster that we're going to talk about in the future if he's a potential target as well. Uh, we'll save that for down the road here because it is the off-season time and some episodes are getting dry <laughs> in terms of talking points and we want to keep coverage for you guys year-round. So we'll save that for later. But, you know, the Penguins, I think this is a team that if they do miss out on any Malkin, I think they'll have significant interest in a guy like William Nylander. And, uh, you know, maybe the Penguins have John Marino over here that could attract Kyle Dubas uh, and they could swing together a deal. But I'm not trading Nylander if it's not for the right price. So... The Penguins would have to make it worth it, but that's just something that's came to my head. Obviously, there's no facts or anything to prove otherwise. That's just something that I've thought about. You know, look how close William and Alex are. So that's something I've wondered, and uh, maybe Kyle Dubas likes John Marino enough to uh, talk to Ron Hexel about a superb uh, package that would uh, work for both sides here. So any last words uh, you want to touch up on, Mitch, about John Marino and uh, his potential fit here with the blue and white? Yeah, well, I, again, like from a Penguins perspective too, like it's he's a fifty-fifty to me because they got to see the status of their stars too. Like you got Latang up and Malkin up, so like if they both stay, I, I don't think it's reasonable for him to be traded. But if one of them like leaves, then okay, maybe we can look upon moving this guy. So you have to look at it from both perspectives, but. Uh, touch, see, just see the asking price, see where it can lead, and it's definitely something that they can use for the future for sure. But it's something if if the deal is whoa, we can like this is way too much, then don't bother. But if uh, go look for someone else, but it is a whole new film. Like it's not something. Okay, I'll, it'll be fine till next year. No, it won't be fine till next year. You got to fill that right-handed defenseman hole. I don't care if it's Marino or anyone else. Just get a young right-handed defenseman return that has potential, that that is offensive and can move the puck. So, it's something I think they should be addressing this year. And it's they gotta 
they, they, they got to check upon a bunch of players, not just him. So do they, they do the research upon it and land a deal that, that fits for like them and doesn't involve giving a ridiculous amount that's going to kill chemistry or anything, then, yeah, they got to pull the plug on it. So we'll see where it leads. Yeah, I agree for sure. I think there is going to be a bidding war. I think his trade value is going to be high. You know, that's why I brought up Nylander. I think, you know, there's going to be tons of teams in the league that look at John Marino under contract, like I said, young, right-handed. You talked about offensive abilities with him as well, locked up uh, under, you know, a pretty reasonable contract for deals nowadays. You know, I'm just wondering, maybe this uh, this could be a fit here, but I definitely think you're going to see a lot of teams interested in John Marino. So, I think that's all from us here at the Battleborn Leafs podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we're going to be back with you this week talking about goaltending options uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs as the situation with Jack Campbell is not looking good. So, um, you know, there's going to be tons of names me and Mitch are going to go through, and we can't wait to talk to them about you guys. So see you guys again soon, and uh, that's all from me and Mitch today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm.